and welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast for another episode with one of my special golfing friends, and uh, he's on the line right now. He is the captain of Melbourne City. He's a great mate of mine, good golfer. Well, he can clarify if he's a good golfer or not. Scott Jamison, how are you, buddy? Roscoe, I'm doing all right, mate. Doing okay. Very good, very good. You tagged me as a, uh, a golf friend, and then you fixed it at the end of that uh, intro by saying one of your good friends. So I was going to correct you, but you corrected yourself. I <laughs> consider you as a friend now rather than just a golf buddy. So absolutely. Off if you don't see me as a mate, uh, I see you as a mate, and uh, that's the end of the and that's the end of that, mate. <laughs> We were mates from the first time that we met there on uh, the putting green at Yarra Bend. It did. I got, a, I got a lot of stick for that off the lads, actually. They uh, they said I was uh, man-marking you because um, we obviously come from the same uh, background of Scotland and we had a lot to talk about. And people like Luke Bratton of Sydney SC seemed to have thought I was just trying to hijack your friendship. But I think, yeah, when you have so much in common, Luke's shit doesn't add up to our conversation. So it's good. Well, you went there. He's, he is from south of the border, not north of the border like us. In, we'll uh, get to him. We'll get to him later. He'll, he'll come to this conversation later. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sure yeah, it was uh, at the Yarra Bend, and that was a uh, our first meeting of of uh, important, as it, you could say. It was some morning because. Uh it was absolutely torrential rain like Melbourne had yeah. never seen for a long time. And that's when I knew that yourself and the other boys that were there, and we'll talk about them in a minute, were very, very yeah. keen and serious golfers. Because we were in the driving range, actually. I think we were supposed to try and play, but it was pissing down, like you said. So No, we, we played. We, we, went, we played two holes or one hole, uh, and we got down there. Uh, and, there and, you go. There you go. But I, it was, I remember the, uh, the practicing on the driving range, and that was um, that was many of times where you corrected me on my uh, bodgy swing. No, no. <laughs> just a couple of little tips. You know, we were hitting, we were trying to hit drivers everywhere, and everyone knows. No, it's fun listen to this podcast that all I want to hit is drivers because uh, that's where my strengths lie. But, um, mate, as a golfer, you take it pretty serious, don't you? Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. I think that just is the makeup of, of me as a person, mate. It's um, I'm, I'm a competitive bastard, if I can say that. Anyone watching me on the football field will say I'm that, but, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm competitive. And whether it, you know, um, it's something small of competition within with a friend, I'll try and win. And then, you know, when I apply myself in, in, in something that I enjoy like golf, and I haven't had golf, I haven't been playing golf. I've gone in and out of it over my adult life. But, you know, since I joined Melbourne City, it, it started up again. And, it, yeah, when you're playing with, with mates that you know, you're obviously with every day, it does get very competitive and it spills on to, you know, training when, you know, they take the piss out of you because they beat you at golf. So that adds more fuel to the fire of, of trying to be the best golfer I can be. So, yeah, I've just fallen in love with it, I guess, you know, without sounding too serious in it. But, you know, as a hobby, as, as, a, as a release, I've fallen in love with it, just the elements of golf. And then, you know, trying to, to get the handicap down is, is one thing. So it's just something, as I said, that, you know, the competitive juices flow and um, you know, inside our kind of golf group, which which you've been a part of. The golf is one thing, but the, uh, you know, the banter and the abuse is another. So I, uh, I give it, so I've got to be prepared to take it, that's for sure. So I try and be as good as I can be on the golf course. <laughs> now, is the banter between each other just reserved for the golf or does that cross over into a professional and training environment as well or is it just quite oh, no, yeah it crosses over mate it right. does um anyone who knows me and you know me i mean i'm a, a shit stirrer at the best of times i've probably slowed down a little bit just because of responsibilities and, and age yeah any opportunity to to, to compete against someone and, and and that's physically or or verbally you know I, I won't back down i just think that's a competitive trait of mine some some people who are the most competitive people in the world wouldn't say boo but you know that's just part of, of who i am and 
you know, with our group uh, at Melbourne City and, and the previous players who have played there, on the golf course and in training or in, in the change room, it's just about, you know, really ripping into each other and having that, you know, laid back kind of no ego where, you know, every, you've got to give and take it. And I just feel golf, you know, has that other element because in 90 minutes you might run past someone, you know, every few minutes, but on the golf course, every shot is an opportunity to, to get into someone. And yeah, look, I'm, uh, I, I'm probably on the end of, of more than I give, but I'll give as good as I can take. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, I've, I've been fortunate to be privy of some of that on-course uh, banter and maybe a couple of times received a little bit myself, but uh, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, you, re- you received once when you filmed me in the rough at St Andrews Beach next to the kangaroos. And I politely <laughs> gave you a hand gesture because you were filming me and put on your Instagram. So, um, yeah, once once you did that, the, uh, the the friendliness of myself and you was gone. And you were on my radar, my friend. So it's <laughs> no. kind of hard to it's kind of hard to give you shit about golf, but any opportunity I can, I'll be on to you. So you mentioned just earlier on there, you know, with age, but also your role, and your role is the skipper of the squad, and it has been for the last two seasons. Now we can't go on without talking about the un- unprecedented times that we're facing. You know, the A League has just been suspended. We're not sure, you know, exactly when that's going to go ahead. You know. There's so much unknown. You know, there's some dates around when the the league will resume. You know, leadership's a really important thing to me because, you know, in my business, you know, I'm the leader of that. And, you know, I like to think that people like yourself and myself at this time, you know, if we're talking to people through this medium or through whatever way we've got, that we can do something to inspire people that through a challenging time, through good leadership and mentorship and having people around you, you know, we can help each other. So how do you feel about that? as the role of the leader in the club at the current time, but then we'll talk about you know the role the last couple of years. Yeah, look, I think with this whole you know situation we're in, you know, I spoke to people about it, and you know, you know, recently in Australia here we've we've obviously had the bushfires. Now, you know, I don't live in the country, so it, it didn't affect me as such in regards to you know my house or or anything like that. But you know, we had smoke um, drift over from 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 those parts that were affected. So you, you kind of uh, understand the severity of it. But in regards to this uh, situation with the coronavirus, every single person is affected by this. It's not just you know our country and, and the rest of the world is, is is swimming in happiness. This is you know in my lifetime the the single biggest thing that that has affected the whole of the world equally. Uh, I say equally. I mean in regards to it, it's a threat to it to every single person on this, and that's the severity of it. And that's something that for me is is you know, truly you know, something I never thought would have happened in 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 my lifetime or anything. So you know, scaling it down to to my world and and, and how it affects me, obviously with with the A-League, um, you know, being suspended, you know, it, it's obviously uh, a job, um, but also a passion of mine. You know, I've been a footballer for, for all my life, you know, since I was, you know, three years old trying to play with my older brother in the under-sixes. Um, and, you know, as you get older, you know, it, it does become a job. But, you know, we obviously have to, to sit out now and, and, and along with the rest of the world. But bigger picture is, you know, I've got mates of mine who I'm talking to now that are, you know, are taking massive pay cuts and just the severity of it. And, you know, talking to you before, uh, it's hitting everyone. But I guess what you can try and do is, is it's easy to say, but you, you can try and just be that person to, to be the positive, you know, the positive bounce um, for someone. And, um, you know, for me, over the last few weeks with, with, with our football club and, and um, you know, the, the, the happenings of, of, you know, the league potentially being closed down and, and having to fly on Friday to Newcastle when, 
you know, obviously there was um, information not to, um, you know, players were, were obviously understa- understandably worried about that. But everything that um, happens, you know, we, we were looked after really well. But, you know, for me, the biggest thing in, in regards to leadership this time has been communication. I believe, you know, communicating positively, communicating in regards to breaking news to, to people that, that might not be, you know, in, the, in good news as such, but you have to communicate. And, and I think that comes uh, into just every day of life is, is communicating with, with anyone and, and making sure they're okay or if they're not okay, just talking to them about it. And that's it's just something I've really realised over the past, you know, two weeks is, is communicating. And it's something I think we can all, you know, really look to as, as something that, that can help us through this tough time. Will you maintain contact with the boys in and around this period? Yeah, I will. Uh, I will, definitely. We have a group chat, um, you know, like I think most sporting teams do, but, you know, we um, we obviously have foreign players who will uh, will obviously, if permitted, if allowed, will we'll try and fly back to their families. But, you know, communicating with people over the WhatsApp and, you know, I, I think I've done okay in terms of communicating. I, I yep. think there's also, you know, parts of it I, I can communicate more, but, you know, I, I just want people to know that I'm here to talk to and, and that's what I'll be doing. You know, we've, we've got a big meeting coming up on the 22nd of April with our league to decide what happens going forward and, and, and if we can play again. But, uh, yeah, I'll be speaking to the players. I'll be, I'll be speaking to my mates, uh, my family, and, and just communicating with, with, with everyone. Absolutely, mate. Well said. Well said. So in your role, let's talk about the club and the, you know, the last couple of seasons since you've been the, the skipper. Does the role extend off the pitch as well you know are you catching up with some of the young boys you've got a lot of a lot of young boys at melbourne city do you sp- spend some time with them out of the club environment as well or how does that work um in regards to the playing we've got a, a fair few young boys and we also have a, a good balance of, of of older boys but you know not on the, the scale of maybe a 35 36 year olds so, um, our team varies from a regular training from a, an 18 year old up to to the oldest would be about 32. So the fortunate thing we have in our football club is um, we've got a good batch of youngsters who, who live together and who are around each other. It's not as such where they're all individualised and, and, and don't ha- um, spend time together. So that probably makes my job easier, the fact that there's a, a good core group of you know, seven to eight younger boys ranging from, from 19 to, to 21, 22 that, that have each other. And it's a, it does make my job easier uh, as such where... You know, I, I know that they're around each other. But on the contrary, that they obviously know that inside the football club and outside the football club, I'm probably a reference point to, to, to any issues uh, that they would have uh, on a larger scale of things. And yeah, I've, I've privately spoke to, to boys who, who, who've had issues this year um, and, and previous to that. But yeah, in, in regards to off the field, it, it's, it's just making sure there's, there's, I say it again, the communication lines are open for anyone. Um, but like I said, we're, we're very fortunate with, with our demographic of our age uh, in our team that we've got a good balance of uh, and batch of youngsters, and we've got older boys who, you know, foreigners like Craig Noon, who, who obviously has a missus, who she is alone when he flies away, and, and she's become good friends with with, with my partner and, and obviously Jamie McLaren. So there's a real good um, balance of, of younger and older for, for off the field. Has Nooney stayed in Australia? Will he stay out here? Yeah, at the moment, I think he's planning to. Um, you know, it, it, it's there's a lot of factors that go into it, mate. I think, yeah. you know, first and foremost is um, the UK have closed their borders. Mm. I, I think, well, they're closing their borders. So, so that's that, that that's one scary thing. And then, you know, second is obviously um, availability of flights. Yep. You know, there's not many flights that are, are going out. But, um, you know, our football club are, 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 
are bending over backwards to, to, to let any players, um, you know, for, well, the option there is, is the players to go back if they chose to with the information pending. But you know, our club would, would move heaven and earth to try and get players back to, to their countries if, if need be. But I know a lot of our foreigners are, are staying too. They find a country that's safer than, than, than their own ones. And I know our coach, Eric, and his wife are staying in Australia rather than going back to France. Um, so yeah, there's, there's there's so many elements to, to individuals getting back to to their homes. Um, but at the same time, you know, we, we want people to be safe um, and feel safe and through their families, and then we make that happen. And mate, I, I think the first time we actually were introduced were, was actually through my son, Lockie Flanagan, Lockie, yeah, aspiring young football media type. Uh, I did ask him if he wanted to join us tonight, but he he had a better offer. But uh, he's actually he's actually sent me through a couple of questions. Okay. Which uh, would you mind would you mind uh, answering? If I said no, would you move it on? Of course, I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> they're not hard hitters. They're more aligned to. Well, 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 well how, how would the podcast go if I said no? I don't want to answer your questions, Ross. Let's move to something else. That would be a bit awkward. Well, we can go back. <laughs> to, love, we, we will. I love go- I love going against the grain, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll happily answer these questions um, for Lachlan, who who obviously doesn't have the time for myself and, and yourself, who. I like to believe have um, paved the way for him to be a, a superstar in the media. Just to fill in for the listeners on the backstory for there, so my son Lockie is a trainee media person, and his passion is football. And he was been lucky enough to get a couple of internships, and one of those internships was at SBS Radio, where Scott was the football analyst expert. And uh, and I sent Scott a message, and I didn't know Scott at the time. I said, "Look out for my young fellow, would you? You know, look after him." And uh, you were kind enough to take a photo of Lockie and yourself and send it back to me, and that was very nice of you to do that. So he's asked me a question which just sort of references what you said before. You like to have a laugh on the field. Do you feel that some people misinterpret you? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, without a doubt. And I would have tried to have justified or would have tried to have um, made those people who 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 don't understand me understand me. But as I've got older, you know, I, I, I've – Kind of understood the you know, the the way I go about things is is the way I go about things and and you can't be liked by everyone. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be perception. There's obviously going to be uh, an interpretation of, of how you go about things. And I uh, you know push those boundaries a little bit. You know, I am vocal. Uh, I am competitive, and you know I do get in a few stouches. But you know, when people start you know calling me you know arrogant or or things that you can't gauge off. For a person in 90 minutes, it doesn't bother me. And mm. for me, as I said, when I was younger, it, it would have got to me. And, you know, I, I accept everyone's going to have an opinion and, and, and that's fine. But it's more so the people that, that that know me and understand me. If they're telling me they're seeing stuff that I'm doing on the field is wrong, then, then, then I'll definitely take a, a step back. But, I mean, it's kind of who I am. Everyone who knows me knows I'm, you know, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a respectful person. You know, I, I like to think that my mum and dad, uh, I know. I don't like. I know. Mum and dad have brought me up as a as a, as a decent human being, and you know, to, for me to go on a pitch and you know, when the competitive juices are flowing and 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 you start, you know, get, getting vocal, I, I don't think that's necessarily a a reflection of you as a person. But you know, everyone's going to have opinions, mate, and I understand that. But as long as my football club's happy with me, as long as my my my, my family are happy with me, and and, and my friends, and you know, I, I can take any criticism that that um, the so-called know-it-alls have of me because uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I do enjoy the the, uh, the banter with people online as long as it's not, not distasteful in the sense of they, they go at your family or anything like that. So 
I'll continue to be me yep. and um, I'll expect people to be, be themselves and, and come at me if they feel I'm doing something wrong. It's usually the ones that usually people from the teams I play against and, and previously played with because I like to think I'm a player that you want on your team and you hate to play against. I think that's what I'm probably described at. You know, people don't know. Well, people might know, but I've got a lot of friends in, in the A-League. You know, people see me as, as, as a whinging so-and-so and, and people would say that, but if you if you look deeply, I've got a lot of friends in in, in each team, so I can't be that bad of a person. If if I played at half of the teams in the A League, which people keep bringing up, if I was a bad person, I would have left on bad terms and, and have no friends there. But I've got friends, you know, inside the club that work in the the admin office, and I've got friends on on the pitch. So. I think that goes uh, a long way. And I think for anyone that's seen you play and, and watched you play for a number of years now, you know, you only have to watch a couple of games to see that. At the end, of, when the full-time whistle blows and it's all over, you know, the respect that your fellow competitors that you might have played against or with uh, definitely fit that bill. I will, I, I've never said this publicly, but I'll say it to you, Ross. I'll, I'd hate me if I was an opposition <laughs> fan. I think you are the biggest wanker going around, mate. What a, who is this guy, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I mean by in regards to people who won't support Melbourne City will think that of me. Um, but the Melbourne City fans, I, I like to believe, you know, were appreciate what I what I what I give on the weekend, and and that's everything for the badge um, that's on the front of, of my crest. So on oh, my chest, sorry. So yeah, as as I said, um, if if I was watching Scott Jamison without being him, I'd think, geez, this guy's an annoying prick. But I don't I don't have the pleasure of doing that because I am me, so I'll continue to be me. <laughs> Mate, I've got no reason to blow smoke up your backside, but, you know, I sit in the stands every week and listen to all of the commentary about everyone, but, you know, I get to hear it across all the boards and uh, I don't hear too many bad things coming from the, the fan base um, about your passion and and the way that you do represent the uh, the badge. So, um, no, there's no issues there. Back to, back to a leadership question from uh, the young fella, and this is in terms of giving. In terms of giving advice and criticism, you know, how do you walk the fine line between giving you advice to maybe a fellow player a younger player or, or, or a senior player and versus criticism where does it where do you draw the line or how yeah you? it's a good question it's um it's a very good question because it's always been you know it, it's always a tough one in regards to you know criticizing as such a, a teammate because at the end of the day um you know there's no player essentially better or perfect um that doesn't make mistakes now I'll make a hundred uh, the next season I play, and 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 a hundred the year after that. But it's important for you know I, the way I see it, it's important for for my teammates to know I know I'm not perfect. You know I know I'm going to make mistakes, but that's the key of it, being a mistake. When it becomes repetitive and someone's making the same mistake two or three times, then that's where I believe it's a it's a time really to to maybe step in and and and, and say something. And then you know that that part's one thing, and the other part is, is how you say it and. You know, when you're in the you know, the midst of a of a high leveled uh, competitive game of football, um, you don't really have time to to think. Oh, how will I articulate this criticism? You know, what words can I use to to make this person feel amazing, but telling him that he's doing something shit? So that's a that's always a balance of of, of I guess just trying to to really um, be programmed where you don't sound, you know, like the biggest criticizer going around of someone and, and making them feel one foot tall. But, you know, we, we, we are, as, a, as a club, we want to be the best. And, and for us to be the best, individuals uh, have to be to, to be the, the best version of themselves. And then that will translate into the team. And, you know, being captain or, or not being captain, I've always been a person that, you know, will try and first and foremost do my best and make sure I'm, my back garden's clean. But then, 
you know, it's about trying to, to get everyone else up and about. And, and if someone, I guess, is, is going down the path of, you know, one mistake, two mistake, and then three, you, you, you feel you have to say something. And like I said, with or without the armband, I've, I've been like that. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's probably got me into a into a verbal uh, stash with a teammate or anything like that. But I think it's also important to understand that we're there to, to, to help each other. We're there to to win something that's the common goal and, and and if we have you know that drive that those standards of of of, of winning or trying to win something then i don't see the issue of of, of it staying on the pitch and, and and staying on the pitch and then off the pitch it's, it's normal and that's i, I try and really you know if if, if, there's, if there's a verbal stash between myself and, and a, an opposition player or a teammate then then i'll try and uh, nip it in the butt straight away and, and move forward so mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a balancing act, I said, because no one's perfect. I mean, if we're perfect, we'd be in the Premier League. And even so, the Premier League players make 100 mistakes. So, no, it's just about, as I said, making sure that, you know, people know that I know I'm not perfect and, 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 and I'm you know, open to, to criticism too. So it's about giving and taking. What is it about the leadership that you enjoy the most? Um, well, I won't say upgrade of contract or anything, because <laughs> I've had the same contract prior to being captain to where I am now. So there's no issues with... with um, the perception of you know the captain gets paid the best because I don't think I'm on the same wage as, as Jay Mack. But um, you know, for me, I like the responsibility of of it's probably a, a I guess a positive and a negative if that makes sense in regards to I like the responsibility of of, of being the vocal point of of getting um, the blame of something. Um, I feel you know I'm at a stage of my career where I'm big enough to take that and, and if it comes my way then I'm ready for it but at the same time you know yet you have uh, you're worth you probably feel it more when you lose a game now as captain because you, you said you are you are that vocal point so it's a um, it's a catch-22 but I, I, I embrace the fact that you know I, I, I and I also appreciate the fact that I get the opportunity to, to lead out uh, first and foremost a group of players but also you know be the the vocal point of, of, of leading out a set of fans and, and members and, and also um, a club for, with with people in it and sponsors and, and and that I cherish the fact that I get to do that. So I like the fact that when when it comes to um, you know the the pointy end of things that you know I'll, I'll be the first person that that cops the brunt of it and, and and rightly so. Did you have to work on working with the media in when you became skipper? Did uh, that come naturally to I, you? It seems to come naturally I, to you now when we talk no, like this. I I can talk. I, I've always enjoyed the media, but. Since I've came captain, I've toned down my opinion on Twitter. <laughs> the only thing I've done different, right? And that's um, that's the only thing I've done different. Prior to being captain, it wasn't so much a uh, an issue. If I had an opinion, I'd get a slap on the wrist um, from 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 the powers that be. Um, never a serious one, but just a a message to say, um, Jamo, you can't be saying that because we've got we're you know. The FFA are, are, are our bosses, but no, um, no. I've always had a good relationship with media. Uh, I've always enjoyed it. You know, I've, I've done like you said. I met Lockie in the uh, the World Cup. You know, doing the the radio with with SBS, and you know, I've done TV stuff. So I've been very fortunate that that I've got a very good um, relationship with with media, and I think it's an important part of our of our uh, of our league. Um, you know, we we obviously uh, aren't the biggest sport in Australia, so you know, any airtime we can get. Uh, is important and you know with that you have to to make yourself available for for, for any media but also on the contrary I, th- I think in 10 years time no one's going to want a bar or know where scott jamison is or what scott jamison thinks so why not get out get your message out there as much as you can while while you're relevant 
that's that's also a little part of it. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, I just think yeah, I've always had. Uh, I guess a knack for being able to talk to people because I can talk underwater. But when it comes to media, I enjoy voicing my opinion, and and, and I think I've I've got a pretty good um, you know football brain. So I like to think my opinion is is, is one that has you know, a bit of merit about it and, and can you know add something to to a conversation. And I think they like talking to you too, uh, whether it's on the halftime pitch uh, side where you're just short, sharp, and you know sometimes incredibly blunt and direct, which uh, always makes me chuckle when I hear, hear you talking like that. But uh, I think they enjoy talking to you as well, mate. Well, there's definitely times I think we we as people go about the old cliche and, and you can't really show much personality. I mean, I, you see sportsmen all over the world previously you know, to this generation, but, you know, just being real. Um, and I understand there's, there's obviously, you know, framework that you can move in, but, you know, I don't want people just to... to to, to expect the old cliches, you know, I, I'd like to think that if, um, you know, if, if someone's hearing me say something, then, you know, they, uh, they're going to get a, a, a true and honest version of it. You know, it might be watered down, but it's still going to be my opinion. And, and I, I won't, you know, I, I won't necessarily, uh, I wouldn't change my, the makeup of, of who I am and, and, and what I say. But, you know, there's been times when, when I've probably um, voiced my opinion and, it's been a bit dangerous, but then you look at some people these days. I, I love the honesty of you know a lot of sportsmen out there, whether it be footballers or, or rugby league players or or golfers. I mean, you look at Brooks Brooks Kepka, I mean, his honesty is is fantastic. You know, some of the things he said about you know the majors and, and the competition and, and even Rory is fantastic. You know, it adds so much to the the competition, the theatre of it. And I don't think there's enough of these, these days. You know, I think we're too. Probably scared of repercussions, but like I said, look, you know, look at Big Brooks go at, at Rory, and and um, it, it's fair game. Now, mate, you mentioned we had something in common, and that was our Scottish background. I know that there's a few boys and girls in Scotland that do uh, listen to the My Love of Golf podcast. How much of a connection to your Scottish background were you brought up with? Um, yeah, well, look, my mum and dad are both from from Clybank. Essentially, we're from Dumbarton in Clybank in Glasgow. And, you know, my mum and dad both moved out to Australia when they were roughly 29, 30 years old. And obviously, with moving to a foreign country, you obviously leave a lot of family behind. So growing up, the only interaction we'd have with family would be, you know, if they, they came and visited. Now, we had grandparents um, come out and visit us, you know, every year, two years, Um but you know, with being away from family, you you, you do become family with with friends. Essentially, my dad played soccer in the old NSL, so you know he had a lot of of expat mates, you know, Englishmen and, and Scotsmen, who uh, he was teammates with and, and became best friends uh, with mum and dad. And, and essentially, you, you see them as cousins. And, and to this day, I, I still clarify you know, close friends as cousins. So. You know, with the Scottish roots, it was always a case of, um, you know, we went back in my childhood probably, uh, it was about three or four times. The first time I ever went to Scotland was when I was finishing primary school at 11 years age. And I went back to Dumbarton and, um, you know, got to watch Dumbarton play. And just the, the lifestyle of, of, of um, the UK is is totally different uh, to, to obviously ours, mainly due to the the, the, uh, the weather. So I went there at Christmas time and had my first white Christmas and, you know, um, got cousins and, and, and got to, to to be with them. And it's always been a big part of me. I mean, I've, I've always loved my, my Scottish heritage. Um, you know, I had a, an, a a Scotland strip probably um, before I had a Socceroos strip as a kid. So that kind of tells you, 
um, which way my, my family might have wanted me to, to, to go down the path with, with football agencies, but oh, I love going back. The last time I would have went back was probably about four or five years ago. Um, unfortunately for my my grandma's um we were putting into a family home, but went back there as as an adult and, and loved it. And um, I would love to go back as soon as possible. You know, um, I feel Scotland's such a beautiful country, but most importantly, it's where my mum and dad came from. And you know, I'm a product of my mum and dad. So any opportunity I get to go back with them, I'll definitely take. And, and obviously, with you know my uh, my my partner having a, a child soon, we you know the generations coming through I, I want them to to know of, of where they came from and you know essentially that's from 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 scotland first and foremost because because of where my parents came from so i'm definitely um you know an australian boy but with a a, a scottish uh, bloodline and, and very proud of it well me and you both as you know mate and you know you don't have to look too far into my instagram feed to see the australian flag and the scottish flag in in a lot of the sign-offs and i'm very proud of the fact that uh you know my parents much uh, or exactly the same as your as your parents came out here to play football, uh, not in the NSL level, but in the Northern New South Wales Football League, which which was a reasonably strong league at the time. My family growing up were the, the expat uh, Northern Englishmen and Scots around, so I had that same sort of upbringing, which I cherish to this day. Uh, I don't have a lot of contact with those guys anymore because they're in New South Wales and I'm down here. But uh, you know, I am the proud producer of another Scottish football fan for the mighty heart of Midlothian. And, uh, yeah, you are. You yeah. are, which isn't very popular, even though, well, they're not doing very well at the moment, are they? They're obviously struggling. Well, no one's doing very well at the moment. They're not playing. But prior to this um, break, Mate, we, were go- struggling. we were going so, down. We were going down. Yeah, I can understand why, um, you know, yourself and all the rest of the Hearts fans want the uh, the season null and void so you can start again. <laughs> I don't know if that will happen, mate. But I know for one thing's for sure, all my uh, Hibernian friends will be will be loving it if if your boys go down. So it would be very interesting what the uh, the SF or SFA do, the Scottish Football Association. And all I want is all I want is I want to see Scotland at a major tournament. Yeah. And um, you know, it's been too long. It's been bloody too long. The last one, obviously, was when uh, was it '98 World Cup Brazil? I think so. Yeah. Brazil yep. might have been. Yeah. Oh. And I remember, I remember watching that. Um, you know, I had the, the the yellow kit, but yeah, I, I remember. So I want to cheer someone in in, in the uh, the Euros because bloody boring without um, Scotland being there. Because you just have to, to to cheer on the uh, the enemy of England because you just know more players from there. But definitely cheering on Scotland in the uh, the Euro qualifiers and and, and uh, the World Cup qualifiers. That's for sure. Now, mate, let's get into the golf. Let's get some more golf happening. you good, mate. You mentioned him before. you good, mate, Luke Bratton. Is he still a good mate? Now he's, he's left and he's in Sydney. Is that Do we still call him a good mate? Well, when someone calls you Ross literally every day, texts you every day, you have to kind of talk to them. <laughs> I tried a period of time where I didn't, I couldn't give two shits about the guy um, <laughs> because he left our football club to, to go play with Sydney FC. But you know, the amount of um, attention he gives me, I feel I feel bad not answering his phone calls, mate. So I'm, um, you know, I've been helpful with him. I've, I've sorted him out with a golf club down there that that my old man and my uncle are members of. But um, I don't know. I, I think actually, and pumping his tie up, he got a hole in one there at the North Ride Golf Club. So I gave him his first course that that gave him his first hole in one. But um, yeah, we we speak a fair bit. We we we, I say speak. We abuse each other. About 98% of the time we talk, and, and the 2% is probably a conversation just about 
our family. It's not even about myself or him. So, yeah, there's uh, <laughs> there's definitely contact between myself and Luke. Mate, I, I miss him. I miss uh, the occasional round of golf where it was just like sitting back watching a comedy show between you and him, to be fair. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like that because prior to playing with him, he was probably one of the opposition players that went back at me verbally verbally the most. When you play against someone, even if you don't know them, when you play with against them for, for a fair few years, you just gain that kind of distant um, relationship because you, you see him every, every season three or four times. And if you're vocal and, and you're chatty like myself and Luke, you know, you find yourself uh, having a, a very weird relationship. So prior to, to being teammates with him, we always went at each other. We, we probably went too far at each other. We probably we probably went skin deep in, in, in our in our bars at each other. But it was funny because like we had that relationship prior, but then, you know, we became teammates and we've become very good friends since since being teammates and um you know, we, we have a lot of laughs but banter but you know, I have a lot of respect for him and um, I actually see him, you know, in the football world, you, you have a, a small amount of friends. You have a lot of teammates. You have a lot of, of people you know. But, you know, in the football world, to, to have friends, um, in in my case, you know, is few and far between it. And he's definitely a, a very good friend. He fancies himself as a golfer. And I hate to say it, but bloody he's good, you know. <laughs> According to, I have to say that, I have to say that through the grit of my teeth, but he is good. And that's the thing, that's the thing. So when I came to Melbourne City, you know, there was talk of this, you know, City Golf Group where, you know, the physio, Daz, and, and then, you know, a few staff played. And, and Luke was pretty much the only player who played. And as I said, being myself, being competitive, you know, I went straight at him. I said, look, I haven't played in a while or so, but I'll, I'll be able to take yours. And it became a, an ongoing thing where every every so month, I just said to him, look, I've been out of the game for so long, I'll be able to beat you soon. And, and then it started being uh, I could only beat him on a front nine or a back nine. I couldn't, you know, pin him on the, the whole eighteen. But um, yeah, he is good, mate. He, he is good, and uh, it, it's tough for me to say. But mind you, he, he plays every few days. He's got a, a beautiful partner who, who who allows him, and his daughter allows him to play golf. But he doesn't. He, he practices enough, so he should be bloody good. Doesn't mind putting a golf shot on Instagram, uh, does the little Brack band. So uh, yeah, that's the, that's the typical golfer though. It's a typical Instagram golfer, isn't it, Ross? Yes. You see the one good shot, but what about the other bloody eighty nine? Huh? <laughs> what about those ninety ninety ads and stuff like that? So don't be fooled by his Instagram. Yeah. Uh, one shot is magical, but then the rest are dog shit. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> so who is the the City Golf Group? Let's let's run us through who who are the boys yeah. in the squad that are the are the golfers. So I'd say the regular ones um, is, is first and foremost is, is Darren, um, our physio, an English gentleman who is a fantastic man. Great physio, but no one needs to know that. But as a person, he's a top fella. He's the best uh, by far. His handicap, I think, at the moment is is about six or seven. And then you know, the other other teammates, um, we've got Earl Michelle, who, who's our team manager. He's, he's the one I go at the most. Our kit man, Joshy, he gives it his best. And uh, he always turns up. And then, and in terms of players, yeah, it's obviously changed over the years since I've been here because you know players come and go. But at the moment, um, the best player probably is Roston Griffiths. You know, he's off about uh, nine or nine or ten, and it's it's a weird one with Griffo because if you watch him through his round, he's not spectacular. You know, he, he hits, he doesn't hit straight all the time, but he's he's just consistent in in regards to to getting the ball up and down. Um, so. He's um you know he's not he's, he's not got the perfect swing but he's got a very he, he's got an effective swing so he playing wise I mean Jamie McLaren obviously the soccer he plays um, here and there and, and then obviously Craig Noon 
uh, are the regular ones. Um, but we've always got a good strong group of, of about you know four to four to eight people every time we can play. It just varies with our, with our days off. But just recently, as you know, um, we've obviously introduced the, the green jacket and um, you know adding that to the 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 competition and um, you know that's been a, a lot of fun too. So we, we have a good number of people that turn up and we obviously get some special guests like yourself. Is obviously um, you know we're, we're, when we're desperate for people, we call you. And you know we, we get a few other people, but that, that's the general gist of the the normal people in the the, the city group golf. I was gutted that I missed the green jacket day. So I, you should, mate. Uh, Actually, I'm quite glad you missed it because you might have pit me. Um, I, I may as well tell everyone now. I didn't really want to reveal it, but I, I was obviously the, the inaugural winner of of the green jacket. It's funny because it was it came from Craig Noon where he had. He's part of a golf club in England, and all his mates, you know, they they bought this green jacket online, obviously like the Masters, and. He, um, he 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 surprises with it here. So we we played for the the first green jacket. I think it was about three weeks ago now, mm. and 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 I was lucky enough to, to to get the chocolates and and the bragging rights. So it's a lot of fun. As I said, in the golf world, you know the. The, the biggest prize is obviously trophies, but, you know, the most iconic one is obviously the green jacket, isn't it? You always see the presentation after the Masters and, and, and the green jacket. So it just adds that element of fun. I, I don't know how the, the members of, of clubs we play will, will, will view us when we're in the uh, the clubhouse, um, you know, doing speeches and presenting the green jacket, but it'll be a laugh for us. That's the main thing. Mate, I think if everyone took that concept on board, imagine imagine if everyone got their own green jacket, especially the Masters. Oh. The Masters isn't going ahead next month, right? And yeah. we don't know when it's coming back. So there's, you know, we've all got a hole in our heart about having no Masters because you get to this time of the year when the weather gets a bit cooler and you just know that it's getting close to Easter or around that time in the Masters and there's going to be none. Imagine if every little golf group went out and got their green jackets and in the next month, you know, they filled the places with, assuming that we can, um, filled the places with green jacket presentations. I reckon that's a cool idea. I think it's got to be one of the biggest um, events coming up the next time we play the green jacket. But it it, it just adds that element of fun, mate. You know, and and uh, that that competition factor. Now, you know, we we we've played comps prior to this, and you have the bragging rights. But you know, the opportunity to to swan around. I mean, I turned up to training in my green jacket the day after. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just the, 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 the kind of the bragging rights you have. And um, it's the most talked about thing now in our football club. You know, second to the tactics on a Saturday, the next best thing behind the tactics is, is, is when the green jacket's uh, on the line. So I just think it's a lot of fun, mate. It, it, it's, as I said, it's a probably, uh, you know, up there as top five most iconic things in golf is, is, is the green jacket. And, and now we've got one here. It, it makes things, um, you know, very, very fun. Now, in terms of your own golf, you've you've put a bit of work into to trying to develop your game. What are what are the, some of the things that you've learned along the the journey from getting a few lessons down there at uh, in the city off Chris? Oh, Jesus, where do I start? I wish I practiced more. I've always I said twenty twenty would be the year I I um, divert on the way home and, and go to a putting do some putting practice or, or go to the range. Um, but it's just been a case of, of going to play and. You know, as I get more and more invested in it, you know, I uh, I find myself mid mid eighteen, you know, being frustrated. And you know, I've, I've had lessons, um, obviously down at your joint with with Chris, and um, it's it's just a a, a real thinking. I, I tend to find myself overthinking sometimes, but um, you know, I, I've obviously had lessons uh, practice a fair bit. But uh, the best practice I think you can get in anything is obviously in in a match and. Um, I'd love to to be able to to play 
two, three times a week if I could. But unfortunately, it, it, it's once a week or, or once a fortnight. But, you know, um, I'm trying to get better all the time. And I'm trying to, to lower my handicap. I, I got down to about 18. People say got down to. Yeah, I say, I say got down to because it was probably about a 20, 23, 24. But the new handicap system came in, so I'm back up to about 21. But I'll, I'll be trying to lower that with, with a new putter. Um, and um, you know a new uh, mindset of uh, of kill or be killed on that golf course, mate. Talking mindset, do you, do you find you, know, you you said there before that you had a lot of information going on when you were getting the lessons? Do you find your mindset on the golf course you know do a lot of thoughts enter your head, or is it just see ball hit ball? Oh yeah, it's it's one of those ones where I guess you know you could put me on a, a first tee in front of you know, two other groups of people that I don't know and I'd be more nervous doing that than in hitting, a, a, you know, a going onto a field of, of 20,000 in a Melbourne derby. And it's weird. I, you hear people say it all the time in sports worlds, but bloody is nervous on that first team in a club where I don't know people and I'm thinking, am I going to shank this or not? Just think about what Chris told you. And uh, <laughs> once, once you're warming up and practicing, your practice swings are perfect. You know, you have that split second of, of, of two to three seconds of that swing and everything goes out the window. So I've learned also about muscle memory in golf, um, you know, trying to, 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 to obviously get your muscles, um, you know, in sync with, with what you've learned. But um, yeah, you, you, you worry about the score more sometimes than, than the actual technique of it. And that's the, the key for me is just trying to, to hit the ball uh, like I'm like I should rather than like I do sometimes but yeah gee, it's a lot of fun so what are the three things that you want to want to improve what are the what are the keys to get get from 21 down to you know I see you oh I see you less than 21 I see you about 15 your next bloody oath I do that's that's be, what I've said in terms of this year 2020 which might need to be rearranged because of obviously the 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 the, the virus at the moment but I said I've got to get to 15 this year to, to justify the investment I'm making in, you know, in, in obviously, um, you know, new bags and, and new putters. Uh, I've got to have some uh, return to, to obviously um, to take to my, my partner, Vicky, and, and let her know that, you know, my investment in the game is, is bearing fruits. But I think putting is such a, a key element of it. I really do. And I try and compare it to passing a ball. You know, you pass a ball from uh, A to B in, in a football match and, and, you know, 95 out of times of 100, you'll get it. And I, and I feel that's the kind of case, weight of pass mm. is like a, a weight of a putt. Yep. But, um, you yep. know, I, I think also a lot of practice comes into to the putting too. But, I mean, that's something I've tried to, to, to bring into my, my golf game is trying not to do the three putt. You know, a, a three putt is, is the biggest Achilles heel sometimes of myself. And, yeah, just trying to, to narrow that down and then, Another key would is trying to hit fairways, you know, off the drive. It's always been a case of mine. I've had that that nice uh, that nice slice you would have seen um, a fair few times, and, and and worked on it with with Chris down at um at your store. But um, they're they're two big keys of mine that I go into a golf game thinking just hit straight, don't have to go far, just hit straight, and then putty, don't three putt. So at the moment with my new putter, um, I'm going all right. I haven't had too many three putts in the, in the, the three or four rounds I've had it, so it's bearing fruits. But you know, just trying to hit those fairways is another another story. So I can hear everyone asking already, Jamo, uh, what's in the bag? What is what is the putter? What's the putter? It's the spider. Spider X. It's the spider X with the the, the, the big thick grip. I uh, I only I've only had two putters in my whole life. Uh, like I said, I I kind of 
ventured in and out of golf over my adult years. Um, played here and there, but then coming to Melbourne, I brought my my clubs over from from uh, Perth that I got from I bought from Taylor Made. I've had this putter for about six seven years, and and um, I thought I was due a new one. And the, obviously the technology of golf and, and all the new concepts and. I've always, um, you know, seen these big, thick grip putters and, and, and tried one and, and liked it. And um, I just feel that the kind of mo- the, the feeling I have is the bigger the the, the grip, the, the more control I have over it, uh, which might be right or wrong, but in my eyes, uh, it helps me. So I've got the spider uh, in the golf bag, and um, it's uh, it, it, it seems to be going all right at the moment, mate. I've got a game tomorrow, so I'll obviously check in and, and, and let you know how I go. But so far, so good. Mate, with the putting, my job's not to give advice here, but I'm going to give you some. What's that? Sorry, I said my job isn't on the on the My Love of Golf podcast isn't to give golf advice, but the analogy that you made there before, which I hadn't really thought about, but it's perfect for putting because when you well, pass, when, when you pass a football, you don't think what what don't you do? You don't think about it, do you? You just no, you don't think about it. You just you, you obviously see see the uh, the target and, and you know the way to pass. And I, like, I think that comes kind of down to the, the muscle memory of things. Yeah. You know, the more you know, I've been I've been playing football since I was three, four years old. So in terms of passing a ball, um, not everyone's going to be perfect, but you tend to have those way to passes, whether it's a 25, 30 meter pass. I, I, I'd like to back myself. Um, you know seven eight times out of ten whereas putting it's very similar you know you have a, a an a to b target you have to get from a to b um, and the weight of things is obviously um you know simple but you know you obviously in golf you, you have a, a read um you have a, an uphill downhill kind of thing and that's that's a little bit different to football so you have to try and you know get that in but um you know i i, I try and as i said just just try and get up there as close as i can and and, and try and get that two putt Sean Foley, I'd, I look at a bit of uh, stuff online and see things on TV, but Sean Foley had a little uh, TV segment the other day, and I forget the pro that he was with, but they basically said exactly that, you know, in relevance to practice strokes, you know, he said that they have no bearing on the quality of putt because, you know, you see the distance and you, in your mind's eye, you know the distance, you can feel it, and you just do it. So, mate, it's all ahead of you, mate. The new putt is going to work well. One of the things I was going to say. Plan. One of the things I was going to say. In terms of uh, sharp-dressed men on the golf course, and especially in your golf group, you certainly get a bit of uh, kudos for that. I think so too, mate. I, I, I have the approach of if you're not going to be the best golfer, you may as well be the best-dressed golfer. And for me, I take pride in that, bud. And um, it's another reason why I really enjoy golf and uh, and being really serious it is I, I obviously the, the technique part of, of hitting a golf ball and, and striking it sweet is um, is a hell of a feeling you know and, uh, and and the elements of that but I really enjoy you know the, the the other part of of the presentation of it you know the the, the golf shoes you know gloves I actually really enjoy it and, and very fortunate that you know, I've partnered up with, you know, my long-term, you know, sponsor in, in football, Adidas, but, you know, got the opportunity to, to work with Adidas Golf this season. Um, so, you know, I've always, um, you know, wore Adidas Golf gear just down to the fact that, um, you know, in terms of, you know, football and casual wear, I, I've wore Adidas. But, you know, I, I, you always look at people like Sergio Garcia. Um, you know, you always, you, you always look at, you know, golfers and, and what they wear and stuff and, you know, you look at Tiger first and foremost, but, you know, he was Nike and um, I've always been an Adidas man as such. But, 
you know, you, you look at the people in, in Adidas, you know, now like Sergio and, and Xander and people like that and the outfits. And I just love the that part of it too. You know, the, the outfits you get to wear and it's a different outfit um, all the time and it's just an enjoyable part of it, mate. It really is. So we are very lucky to, to obviously be with Adidas Golf and, and, and get to, to wear their stuff. Um, but I, I couldn't have, I don't think they could have chose a better person to represent them because I was, I was always best dressed and now I'm just, you know, ahead of the pack by miles. It's not even a competition when when I walk into our uh, our golf group because, you know, it's, it's obviously a... a uh, you know, a, a big difference in class between myself and the rest of the lads. Well, you're up there with pretty rare company. Uh, Garcia, Shoffley, Jamison, they're just three golf names that roll off yeah, the tongue. Yeah, well, I mean, now you say, when you said that, I mean, obviously my namesake, you know, Scott Jamison, he's, he's obviously on the European tour. Correct. I'm not sure what he apparel he wears. I don't, I'm pretty, I'm certain it's not Adidas, but, you know, obviously, um, you know, myself and, and, and my, my my mate there, Scott Jamison, are on the, the, the golfing tours. I was on a lesser one than him, but, you know, we're, we're representing the golf crew. We should get you guys together. We should get the two famous Scott Jamisons, you know, one of uh, Scottish-Australian descent and one of real Scottish descent. Uh, we should get you together. Well, yeah, well, actually, I was told. I mean, I, I didn't think about it, but, you know, I've, I've always known about him because uh, <laughs> I've, I've had a few tweets um, from, from random uh, golf accounts, you know, stating how well I did on on Saturday's um, play, shooting a three under, um, and obviously they were, they were trying to tag him in. But um, you know, in terms of um, names on Twitter, you can only have one Scott Jamison, and I was lucky enough to get him before him. So I have to check what his Scott Jamison name on Twitter is. But yeah, um, I think it'd be fantastic if I if we if we organise something. I, sh- I should be trying to contact him on Twitter. I think that's that's what I might do after this is just add him and, and see if he's ever going to make the trip down under. And then you know my good friends at um, Peninsula Kingswood, I'm sure they'd love to see the the Scott Jamison face off. That's for sure, wouldn't oh, they? What a showdown that'd be. Maybe we might hey? have, we might have to go to Scotland for a golf trip, mate. You know we've done Peninsula, Peninsula Kingswood. That's that's we can do that any time, but. Uh, you know, we might have to do a golf trip to Scotland sometime. You won't have to ask me twice to do a golf trip. Let me tell you. Now, I would jump at the chance to go on a golf trip to Tasmania. If you said to me, let's go to Scotland, I'd be at the airport before you could say, let's go. Well, we've got a bit of time to think about both those destinations because uh, we have spoken yeah. about them. But, uh, you know, one day that will happen. Maybe all the, all the Scottish footballing golf boys, you know. They're, they're... Well, we'll go, to, we'll go to Dubai, obviously. Um, we'll stop off Dubai because... Um, you know, I, I obviously seen the, the tournaments that are played there, but um, Darren, our physio who, who plays golf with us, you know, he's lived there and he says the courses there are unbelievable. Okay. Nooney, he's um, he's gone on holiday there and took his clubs to Dubai. So I think we've got to stop off at Dubai well, uh, on the way to, to the motherland. Well, hey, um, well let, let's just put this together now. Um, and, well, and... I mean, I was going to say, I might have to tell Melbourne City I'll miss part of the season, but I'm sure they'll understand that obviously I'm trying to live out a – a childhood dream of, you know, playing golf in exotic countries, that's for sure. Well, you do have a golf sponsor to, to represent now as well, by the way, you know, so you... Well, it's only, it's only a 12-month, it's only a 12-month agreement, so <laughs> I, 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 my, my answer to anyone at uh, Melbourne City, I'll say, look, I need to justify their investment in me, get me out in that golf course, um, you know, we'll win a title, uh, just be patient with me. <laughs> but the, on that trip, Dubai, tick. Uh, you mentioned Nooney there before. So Nooney comes from the part of the world, I think his house is down in Southport or somewhere down there, and there's, you know, a dozen golf courses around there that you could very happily enjoy playing for a week or so, then up to Scotland, and uh, I reckon that would be a nice little trip. Uh, perfect. 
we can dream, can't we? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Do you think Macca? Hey, if, 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 if something's for sure in this world, dreaming is one of them. And let me tell you, we can dream about this trip because it'll be a hell of a trip. We'll also invite um, Rocket. Uh, your yes. mate Rocket. Yes, yes. I um I still haven't had the opportunity to have a, a hit it with him on the golf course, but uh, I'm a big fan of the Rocket. I was even a big fan of him when I was in the the, the President's Cup marquee, and he was down, you know, with the the, the riff raff, and he was cheering his he was cheering his lungs out, and he was giving me a wave. So I've got to give a big mention to Rocket that I'm a big fan of his. We gave you a bit of a hard time on that podcast there, uh, you know that uh, you're up yeah. there up there with the people and. You know, you didn't even throw a throw a cucumber sandwich down for the for the young no, fella. No, no, well, I, I, I had to be on my best behaviour. I was in the the city bank marquee. I can't remember what hole. It might have been the fourteenth, par three, fourteenth. Yeah, that was it. And yeah, we, we they're obviously a sponsor of, of Melbourne City, and, and I got you know, lucky enough to, to get tickets through them. And um, it was my first ever first ever tournament as such uh, viewing. But what an opportunity to, to see the the best golfer that ever lived, um, first and foremost. But the second part was obviously seeing Rocket cheering his lungs out, um, you know, uh, on the side of the green. So um, it was uh, it was enjoyable uh, in more ways than one, that's for sure. Uh, he's my guy. He's my guy. Jamo, you've been very, very generous with your time at a, at a challenging time for all of us, but, uh, you know, you're affected like we all are with what's going on. You've been very generous with your time, sharing your stories about leadership, sharing your story about your golf, having a bit of fun along the way. I wish you and Vicky uh, all the best with your impending fatherhood. I hope Vicky's doing well and uh, good luck with all of that. It's all ahead of you, my good man. But, um, yeah, I think we've covered off a fair bit and I think people are going to be very, very entertained with our little chat here today. Jamo? Well, I hope so because if they're not, I'll come back and do another podcast (laughs) with you. So it's up to them whether they enjoy this one. Well, we... I suggest they say it was the best podcast they've heard on on your uh, on your series. Because if not, then I'm coming back for a second round, and and we're talking about all the ins and outs of Melbourne City and the golf world again, and, and how much abuse we give Luke Bratton. So yeah, give it your best <laughs> shot, guys. Tune in. <laughs> Very good. Hey, if people want to uh, connect with you and follow some of this Twitter action that you're famous for, where do they where do they get you, mate? Good question, bud. Good question. So on Instagram, where you see a bit of my stuff, football and golf. Uh, it's Scott underscore JMO. And then on Twitter, it is – what is my name on Twitter? It is at Scott Jamison. But while I'm on Twitter now, I'll just quickly check Scott Jamison in search and then it comes up, obviously, people. And he's a golfer. So he's got he's got Scott Jamison 54 and he's got 16,000 followers, bastard. And I've got Scott Jamison – 6,000 followers, so I need to try and catch him up. But I'm going to start following him now, Roscoe. Trying to get a bit of rub uh, off, yeah. Let's see if we can get something sorted, and I'll let him know that uh, Royal Peninsula Kingswood is awaiting him and uh, tell him to bring his best gear. And Jamison is spelt the Scottish way, J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. Certainly is, mate. Certainly is. It's not that Irish whiskey stuff. Uh, It's a a full-blooded Scottish person in me, and it's uh, J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N. Mate, we're an hour in and we haven't even done a dodgy Scottish accent. I know. Uh, I could go two hours and I, I can uh, give it my best and, and convince people that I'm uh, I'm full-blooded, but uh, I'll save that for the second episode. <laughs> well, it's, it usually is how we greet each other, but uh, all right, Bob. It's, how we, it's exactly how all we right. greet each other. All right, Bob. But I know, I know you've got Scottish listeners out there, so... I don't want them to think I'm trying to offend them, so no. I'll, I'll save it for a rainy day. Well, they've heard too much of mine anyway. Mate, thank you very much. It's been great. Let's get out in the course soon when we can, buddy. 
always a pleasure, Oscar. Always, and let's, let's you said try and get on the course, like you said, but um, stay safe first and foremost, and, and we'll, we'll get through it. Absolutely, bud. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, and we'll catch you soon, buddy. You're a champion, but your son isn't because he, yep. he, he, he rejected the chance to sit in with us and talk crap. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very angry at Lockie. I'll let him know on Twitter. But you, stay safe with your beautiful partner and um, let's talk soon. Thanks, man. Champion. <laughs>